Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Clark. For the last decade, I've had the privilege of learning from impactful leaders across the globe through my service in the Peace Corps and nonprofits. Their leadership has inspired me to highlight those among us who are truly impacting our world so that we may learn from them and be more impactful together. Yes, leadership can be learned. The guests on our show are providing direction, inspiration, and leading the way in their business and community through service. Are you ready to have an impact? Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. What's up, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How are you? What's up? Good, dude. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Definitely. I see you all over the place. I mean, I didn't realize when we were friends on Facebook, however, that happened. Um, and then when I was working with David, he mentioned Nick with hair roofing. I was like, wait, I had to go back and I looked on my Facebook. I was like, I'm friends with him weirdly on Facebook, yeah, yeah. but I haven't met him. That's cool. Well, it's nice to meet. Yeah. Um, I already have it recording, but we could just kind of, cause I mean, I don't really know you. So it's a lot of, it's just like getting to know you too. So at the beginning, do you, yeah. just to let you know. A lot of what I'm trying to do is just one, just meet new people, talk about their business. I saw you have a decent amount of employees as well. Um, and you, you seem to have been around for a while. And again, I see your brand everywhere. Yeah. So that's kind of why I was like, he's someone I want to talk to. Um, but yeah. So how long have you been open for? Um, how long have you been in business? Cause you're the CEO and I believe We've uh, been in business since 2018. Before that, I was a sales manager at another roofing company and bartending uh, part-time. Just kind of fell, fell on the roofing, and we've grown rapidly. I started with my father, and then um, so we've uh, you know hired two salesmen in 2019, and now we got, I think, seven sales guys. Um, then we got four people in the office, one production manager, one general manager kind of actually runs it day-to-day operations and inside salesperson and a marketing and branding director. So, and then three full-time roofing crews. So how many in total is that? Like out of all the people underneath the hero roofing brand. Yeah. If you don't count the labor, we had 12, like, I think about 12 to 14 people. And then you got probably 30 to 35 laborers. Holy cow. So actually installing roofs and doing gutters. Well, congratulations. I mean, to make it one, even past like the two, three year mark. Right. And enter this and then to have it be at that level already. I yeah. mean, that's a huge thing. What made you, when you were growing and you had that first point where you're like, okay, I need to grow. I need to get someone else. Who was, who were those first two people that you mentioned? And then why did you go with those positions? Yeah. So, I mean, when, when it comes to any type of contracting business or I think any service business, like to grow, you have to have sales, you got to have volume. So, um, and that was what I was the best at in the company is, is, is the sales aspect, but I know I can only sell so many jobs a day, right? Like I can only run, you know, five to six appointments. You know, I, I was good to sell you know, 10 to 20 groups a month, but if I wanted to grow and scale, like I, I got very goal oriented at, at the beginning. Like I knew my first year, I was like, I want to do a million dollars in sales. We okay. ended up doing like 1.6. So, so, but the big aspect to do more sales is to get sales guys. So my first two hires were sales guys. So uh, one dude I met, I went to church with him. He was working at Lowe's um, and I actually hired him as a job supervisor. 
says to alleviate some time with me and my father being on the job site. We hired him as a job supervisor not to do sales. I didn't think he was going to be good at sales, actually. <laughs> and uh, and at the same time, I hired uh, a guy, a new person. He, 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 had, he had done real estate sales. He didn't like real estate. Uh, he was a more hands-on guy. So he came from real estate in the Navy, and he's still with us. His name's Stone. And so he started selling off the gate. He started doing pretty good. And uh, Austin would job supervise me and Austin, me and Stone sales. And while he would job supervise, he would canvas. He would go to the neighbors and introduce himself. And he started selling jobs at my build and at Stone's build. And so he quickly pretty much made himself a sales rep. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and he stays and, you know, he stays on. Now we have, like, so we have seven people and he stays on the top one to three folks month after month on sales. Are you doing sales now too still or? A little bit, basically sales management, mostly just overseeing the sales guys. I don't run, if someone calls directly, they just really ask, they ask for me, you know, maybe I'll run it. But a lot of times I try to educate the homeowner. I'm like, look, at this point in business, like you're going to get better. You're going to get taken better care of by one of my sales guys than me because I'm managing all the folks. And yeah. I don't want you to get forget forgotten about that. It's their job to keep in contact with you and they're going to take better care of you than me. So Do you miss it? No, uh, I, I've been doing ride-alongs with my sales guys, actually. The past couple of weeks, I've been doing a ride-along. So I rode with, I rode with Austin last week, and I was like, man, we'll see what he's doing, you know. So we, And he's a busy dude. We ran six appointments. So there was like the first couple of appointments. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I see, you know, I kind of missed this a little bit. And then we had to get on a really sketchy route. I was like, yeah, and it was 98 degrees. I'm like, yeah, I don't miss this as much. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we, I mean, he, like I said, we covered a lot of ground. And, uh. It's good to see the guys selling and representing the brand the way it should be. Um, it's cool to ride along with a guy and not really have much feedback or criticism that they need to work on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what made you want to do those ride-alongs? I mean, I think that's a great idea. I mean, having those like connections, one, yeah. you're building a relationship with them. Two, you're checking out the quality of the work. And then like, I think that only pushes everything forward because if that, I've worked at companies before where I didn't have a good communication with like the people above me. So I never really knew what those values were. Like I didn't know what they wanted me to push forward half sometimes, but so the other companies on the other side where that did something like what, what you're doing. I mean, I felt myself working harder. Like some of them were grocery stores and I hated work. Like who wants to really work in a grocery store their entire but, and everyone always talks bad, but my managers were so good. It's like, I didn't, I didn't care. I enjoyed it. I had a great time there. Yeah. 100%. So I think what it kind of like prompted the ride alongs and we're trying to do them like every six months um, is, well, we rolled out a lot of new technology. Our company uses a lot of technology. So I was just basically almost doing like an audit of our sales mm -hmm. team, you know, just making sure they're using everything, using the right processes, men mentioning everything at the table to the homeowner that we offer. Um, you know, and just going through the whole process with the customers the right way, kind of just checking to make sure I was representing the brand. I actually, I'm not done with all the ride along, but still have a few left. And the ones I got left were with a couple of the very newer guys. So I didn't want to just ride with just the new guys. I wanted to ride with everybody and check out everybody. So oh, that's awesome. And then when you, so bring, it's always continued education. We just want to keep learning and improve. Yeah. And what are the things that you're seeing out there? Like what kind of brand, like when you talk about hero branding, you talk about like your mission, your values, like what are those and what are you trying to distill within these? Yeah. So, I mean, the hero brand, when a lot of people see the name hero roofing, they automatically a lot of times coordinate us with um, 
military owned or operated or, or like we had a lady they asked us if we we're all firefighters because the name was hero um so me and my father aren't military you know we have a couple guys that are veterans working for us but the whole reason we opened the name we opened the company and called it hero is i mean i'm sure you know in the digital aspect is there's a lot of bad roofers out there. there's a lot of bad contractors that are you know they call them chucks in a truck larry and the ladders that just they give the roofing industry really bad rep they give they give it a bad persona so our our goal is to kind of be considered like the Chick-fil-A of the, of the roofing industry. Mm-hmm. And we want to kind of change the persona of the industry. We want to actually come off as a hero to a homeowner. We want to be like, like we're actually helping people. Um, so we have what's called a hero code. It's like on our wall here in the office. It's actually nice. written. It's from the book, The Hero Code. Um, it's like a two-hour read if you haven't read it yet. It's a real small book. It's um, I think it's Ad, Ad, uh, Admiral McRaven. Is the the hero book? It? It's called the Hero Code, yeah. Hero Code. Yeah, it's the same guy that wrote the uh, Make Your Bed. Um, okay, William H. But, McRaven. Yeah, that's it. So, okay. you know, we kind of we kind of abide by that. So just just like I said, just making sure guys are, you know, we don't sell with any pressure. We sell to educate and help. You know, we we don't have any like if you sign today type of deals. You know, we we try to be honest and open book with our with our clients and let them know, like, hey, this is the best course of action and take care of your property um and we just like i said we just want to consistently come off like we're, we're helping the community in and out of, in and out of, out of the office you know it doesn't matter yeah. i tell the guys like you got your brand on like you better be opening the door for the lady behind you you know like i mean it, it doesn't stop this is you know mm-hmm. we consistently want to be helping them in our community so and i love that you have the the code up on the wall. So that way, whenever someone comes in, they know not if, whether they work for you or not, they know what you're representing. Right. Cause again, when I, when I was mentioning those other people that I worked for and I had that disconnect with the higher ups, um, I, you would tend to forget after a year, you forget maybe what that initial mission statement, what the code, like, what are the values? Um, and then, so what branch did you serve in? Oh, I didn't. That's all I was saying. We're not military at all. Oh, you're not at all. Oh, I, I misheard you then. I thought you said your father in them were. So then, yeah, how did you? That's a lot of people ask us when they're like, "Oh, you know, here roofing. You guys are military." And I'm like, I, "I straight, I, you know, we want to be very good. We're not military. Not, you know, we're not veteran owned. You know, we got we got two. I think we have three guys here that work for us that are military. That were okay. Yeah, and we try to give back to the military, and we have we have rooster troops discounts that we provide for vets in the military service or was a veteran, you know, we want to honor those people for sure. But the whole, the, that's what I try to portray is like the whole, the whole name, the hero brand didn't come from that. It came from, we want to be a hero, you know, in our industry, basically. And then, so how did you get into, I mean, you were working at that other company before. Um, not a lot of people would say, I'm going to open up my own <laughs> roofing company and then get it to be this big. Um, so were you, when you were younger, were you like one of those entrepreneurial kids on the playground or, I mean, to get it to something this big, I mean, that is quite an achievement. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, you know, I bounced jobs and, you know, coming out of high school, I was teaching martial arts and then I was just bouncing different jobs. I was a servant bartending. I did valet for a minute and I opened a clothing brand and I would, uh, well, you know, back in high school, I was like making cookies and brownies and selling them at school. But when I actually got into the workforce, I opened a clothing brand and I would sell my, uh, I'd go to MMA events, 
martial arts events and sell, sell t-shirts and stuff like that. And I'd sell t-shirts while I was bartending. And I was trying to get into sales, man. And like, I wanted to get into alcohol sales and liquor sales. And like every person, every company I applied for, like the only person that company I wanted to hire me was like Red Hair Brewery. They're going to pay me 35000 a year to like travel the whole Southeast. I was like, wow, good. So the guy was hiring for roofing sales on Facebook, you know, and he was, um, he was hiring and I messaged him and he was basically like, yeah, you're hired. And then he met me, gave me boots and a ladder. He, he got on one, one or two roofs with me. There wasn't much training at all. Um, and he lived about an hour and a half away. So I pretty much opened a new division for him, you know, South of Atlanta. And, um, I just quickly took off. There wasn't any leads. Like he didn't have any leads because nobody knew his company down here. So like, I was like real big on Facebook. I was big on, mm-hmm. I knocked doors all day. And I mean, within two months, I mean, I was selling about eight to 10 projects a month. So I was making really good money. I was making like 8,000 a month. And I was working like 25 hours, you know? Um, but like, I'm just one of those, like you said, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm one of those guys that like, I, I, I I appreciate what, what he was doing, but I, I saw a lot of things that I thought could, could be done a different way, mm-hmm. done better, in my opinion. So just to entrepreneur heart of me, you know, that's wanted to open something different, something better in the industry. Cause I mean, I was working for, I was working for a good company. Like it's not a bad company, but yeah. I was getting that. It started just making my head turn when I was talking to these customers. Like, oh, you guys license insured or you know, you're going to just take my deposit and not come back. You know, roofers are real sketchy. You know, I just kept getting that, that negative feedback. So I was like, well, I'm going to make something that stands against those people, you know, and I do, I call out bad roofers <laughs> all the time. So, you know, just, you know, I don't want those people to be in business. You know what I mean? Cause that's the issue with Georgia. It's way too easy to pop up shop in Georgia. Um, they don't have, a, they don't have enough regulation in my opinion. That's interesting. Usually here there's too much in most places, yeah. but and then I, and we don't we don't mean to sound greedy, but it's like when we don't do someone like say we give someone an estimate and they go into a cheaper bid, like I kind of feel like I did a home market service. So I was like, it's not like we wanted a roof, but I just feel like I feel like they would have gotten the best taken the best care of if oh. they would have worked with us. You know what I mean? I, and it's like I mean that's huge. I worked I'm friends with another roofer as well, and he was telling me he did a home where the person didn't even put down the felt to stop the water going through. Yeah. And it didn't last it didn't even last a month so he was brought in to fix someone else's work and it's i mean it's like well, you get what you pay for with everything yeah this year it's been crazy this year alone i've replaced at least 10 roofs that were brand new done by another contract and, you know we had we had a tornado hit Newton last year ef4 the mm-hmm. biggest tornado ever hit state of georgia hit down here hit hit you know right south of Atlanta. um so there was a lot of like random roofers that were flying through here and like you know people you know they always say when emotions high, people buy, you know, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when they're emotional and their roofs, their house tore up, whatever person's in front of them to sign up with. And so a lot of homeowners get taken advantage of by sketchy contractors. And so just like your, your buddy, like we went behind them and we've replaced at least 10 roofs this year long. And one of them, we did one up and coming recently, got a door knocked the house, had the homeowner sign a contract, had the wife sign a contract and explain to the contract. They told them it was just a contract for them to inspect the roof. In fact, it was for them to lock in the job and and file the claim form and everything. They installed the roof completely out of specification. The manufacturer went out there, and, and then, of course, we replaced the roof. And it's kind of sad to tear off a roof that's brand new, and neighbors are walking by and go, I thought they just got the roof done. You know, then they look, it just, it shouldn't have to go that way, in my opinion. You know, it's just, 
What do you say to people when they push back on your, on the pricing, because it is like a quality product and then you can tell they're trying to lean towards that cheaper option where they're going to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, we just try to educate them and, and you know, you, you want to educate them without coming off. Like you're just trying to bad mouth another contractor. Right. Yeah. But you know, like we're always, you know, I tell homeowners and I tell, you know, the contractors, it's like, we're not the most expensive contractor at all. We're not the cheapest. Like we're usually right there in the middle Yeah. because I don't, I can't be called a hero and be expensive. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't yeah. make any sense to me. Um, so we usually fall in the middle and if someone, if, you know, if someone's directly just, they're just price shopping or they're just price is the biggest factor to them. That's what they care the most about. Like I tell them like, Hey, look, if you want the roof done the correct way and you want our, like our, all our heart and soul into it, like we may not be the con or if you want the cheapest option, then we're not going to contract for you. You know, the cheapest option, you end up paying more later down the road. Mm. You know, so we try to let them know that, tell them like how we operate and how we do business. You know, we show them photos of our work. You know, we got, our guys have like a presentation on our laptop that they can show them. And then, so because you did come from more of like that entrepreneurial sales, did you find any difficulty when you started having to manage people and you were like growing your team? Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing I've like developed myself in the last couple of years is going more from like an entrepreneur sales buying person to like a leader to a leader role, you know, and distilling how I think and how I act, you know, into other people so they can portray the brand the same way. What um, were some of those biggest screw ups that you had at the start? And then how, what did what did you learn to like improve those? Were you taking courses? Were you going to conferences, books? Yeah, I go to like two or two three conferences a year. And I really, I've lately, I've been doing a lot of reading or Audible. Yep. Um, so this, you know, like extreme ownership um, and the dichotomy of leadership has helped me a lot. Um, I mean, I go through this. I've probably done about 25 books the past <laughs> two years, you know. But a lot of it's, a lot of, I mean, a lot of the big issues I made at first was we've had some really bad hires. And I think it's mm -hmm. just, I think the fact that how I was hired in the industry, you know, when other people started, like people would mess, you know, we started getting a really good reputation quickly. So what that does is that can bring talent, but it can also just bring you by one job. So people go, I want to, you know, are you guys hiring? I'll, you know, I want to get the sales. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. And I'm hiring these people without really doing a very good job betting them. So that kind of kicked me in the butt up front. So since then, I've gotten really good at trying to get to know people, make sure they fit into our culture, into our brand not only that they're really good salespeople, but they're also going to get along with the staff and they kind of mesh well with our culture at the same time. That's been huge for us, just making sure people fit in together. Because at one point this summer, we had 14 sales reps, but like more than half, I mean, I've let go like half of those guys or they've, or they've let themselves go, you know, technically. Um, so it's really just been getting to know, getting to know people and know who to invest in. And, you know, because, you know, you I see it all the time. Leaders will just pour their heart and soul into somebody who doesn't who doesn't want to improve at all or doesn't want to better themselves or doesn't have those goals in life to, to do mm -hmm. to benefit their company the company they work for. And then so how how are you testing that though? Because I mean it's tough to bring someone on. Like how, how without maybe sharing the secret sauce or what you are doing, but what what what's your trick i mean you've been able to build this up you have 12 people however many sales guys those sales guys usually generally tend to have some pretty big personalities yeah so it's like how do you how do you know how do you put them through the fire are you bringing them on a job site once and giving them like a trial run or yeah so 
I, I will say our besides two of our guys, two of our guys did come from I think it well one guy came from Indeed and he's turned out to be awesome. I mean he goes fishing with my dad, all kinds of stuff, you know. Oh, we've taken him, we took him down to like uh Almorada, Florida. We went on a fishing trip with a the GAF manufacturer took us fishing. Oh geez. You know, so he was like one of the only person he's like the only guy who's with our company now who we didn't know prior. And then we had a guy that moved here from Florida who called our company. He's like, I really want to work for you guys. And so with him, like I brought him, I interviewed him twice. And then I had him do a ride along with one of our, like our leaders, because a lot of times when you do these ride alongs, and I learned this from my roofer out of uh, South Carolina, you do these like trial ride alongs, they'll mm-hmm. open up to another sales rep and tell them a lot more stuff than that. The, the same interview, yeah. you know? So, um, and we had a ride along with one of my, one of my main guys did a ride along with a guy that's no longer in our company and Austin, he rode with Austin. Austin came and told me, he's like, look, man, he said some, some stuff that I don't think is going to pan out. I think he's really a team player. He's, he's comes off real aggressive and I kind of didn't pay Austin a lot of attention, hired the dude. And three months later, you know, he came in here like one day it was cussing other sales guys. And, you know, we had to let him go. Like it's, he was, you know, and so looking back, I'm like, man, if I listen to Austin, so that was a big learning curve, like to actually mm. pay attention because these guys have been in the company now for two, three years. They know how we operate. They know our culture. They know who's going to fit in with them and who's going to get along and who's going to actually perform because it's it's cool to have a team that really cares as much about the success of the brand as, as the owners, you know, and they're not caring about their own success. Um, so, I mean, I would say, yeah, we, we do two to three interviews and then we do a ride along and then we let them know after that ride along, if, if we're going to hire them on, we still take them, we take them to two weeks training and then like a one month probational period, basically. So they train for two weeks. So after that two weeks, if, you know, they're, you know, within two weeks, you're going to get to know, get to know them. And when it comes to the interviews, I mean, I've just, I've started to ask like real, real questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you look at someone's resume and go, oh, I see you worked at Walmart for two years. I really want to get to know the person. Like, I asked them what they do outside of work. I asked them where they, what, what's their plans in five years. What, why, why, why are they attracted to Hero Roofing? If they heard about us before, you know, I, you know, I, we were just hired for an inside sales rep. And we had 35 people apply. I mean, I asked a couple of those. They were all female. And I asked a couple of those females. They heard about our company prior and, just, and you know, one of them was honest. She's like, no, I never heard about you. I just, I just, um, I'm a, my unemployment wants me to apply for jobs. <laughs> so I was like, okay, see ya. <laughs> and, you know, and of course another lady is like, oh yeah, I looked you guys up. You got all these reviews. I just want to work for a company that cares. And the lady that we ended up hiring actually, uh, used to work with our general manager. And, okay. uh, and so, she, and she's, she's been killing it. She's been a rock star. She was one of those people I asked, I was like, look, I want someone to be here. Like, I don't want you in and out. You know, like, I want you to grow in the company. And she's like, no, this is where I want to be. You know, so it, it's cool to have people come up and they're fired. They're fired to work here. And then so when it comes to firing, when it unfortunately, when it does come to that point, it sounds like you have a pre. Some companies tend to leave people on and they kind of drag it out because they're like, I spent all this time hiring the person. It seems like you have a pretty good process of getting people on that may be a little bit longer than most roofing companies. But you're also not afraid to cut the tie early on to save yourself any further trouble. Yeah, because I'll tell you, like, as a in a roof in a service contracting, when you guys sell now, it's a little bit easier to let go a W two person, of course, than a salesperson because a salesperson, mm-hmm. when you're letting them go, more likely they got multiple contracts tied up. 
they got all kinds of stuff going on, but we usually give them out. Like we'll give them like, if it's like a straight incident, you know, we're going to give them two to three warnings before people get cut. But if it's just like, they're not meshing or something, you know, we're going to, like you said, we're going to pull the plug and we have them sign a separation agreement, you know, you know, they're signing off saying they, they can't contact any leads because we've had guys try to pull leads out of the system that were company leads that we gave them. They try to take them to wherever they're going. You know, people try to contact customers. So we so we quickly get them out of our system. That's a big thing. Like I hired a guy that came from the roofing company and I don't hire anybody that comes from the roofing company anymore because they've never panned out. They, they It's hard for them to leave those bad, those bad habits when they come in mm-hmm. here. You know what I mean? They bring those bad habits with them. Um, so we've, we've always, we, now we, we only hire somebody, maybe you have sales somewhere else. That's great. But we, we rather hire and train you to our, to the way we do, do things. And those people, Oh wow. Those okay. people end up doing things the best. Like we just had a, his name's Brandon Thrower. He came, he was a sheriff's deputy for 16 years. This is his first sales job ever. He's number one in sales right now. He sold $730,000 this year alone. He's already sold 99 projects, you know, but he came through our system. He came through, he went through two weeks of training. He, he, he picked up what, how we do things, you know, he meshed with the culture. You know, he is, he is a sheriff that he is, was a sheriff deputy. So of course everybody in town knows who he is. Okay. You know, he's got a huge, he's got a huge network, but uh, he's been extremely successful. So, but when we hired those folks from other companies, I mean, they were trying to take jobs from the companies they were leaving. You know, and I was like, look, man, I don't want those jobs at all. I don't want to get entangled in that mess. So the same thing now when someone leaves our company, like, hey, you sign here, you, you sold that job wearing your roofing hat or your roofing shirt. Like, you're not going to take those jobs with you. I go ahead and anything that got signed up, you know, proved through invoice whether I got the money or not, mm-hmm. pay them in full. I'm like, here's all your commissions. Have a nice day because I don't want to have to deal with that person anymore. And I also, I don't want to be the company that's no, no known for owing people money because you hear about these sales guys that leave these companies and they're like, oh, that roofing company owes me $30,000, you know, so I go ahead and pay them in full and just get them out the door. That's so awesome. I mean, so you're literally just picking up the sales guys that are, that have no experience in roofing and then they go through your program and they become, obviously they have the room to succeed there. Yeah. Yeah. And we give them all the tools. I mean, we got it, like I said, now we have inside sales. So we got someone that does like support follow-ups, yep. helps, helps move, you That's know. Awesome. Yeah, she called a prospect last week that the salesman had already called, had called that lady two weeks prior and the lady wasn't ready yet. So she makes a phone call. All right, now the lady's ready to move on. And Austin goes out there same day and signs her up. So, I mean, we got all the tools, like I said, with technology and, and the, yeah. inside, the inside office department. You get the production. Like when I did sales for the roof company I worked for, it was just me. I, I was registered warranties. I was on the job site. If there wasn't a job site guy, like, you know, like I was doing my own networking, my own marketing. I was doing everything. Yeah. Our sales guys, <laughs> like they got all the tools to succeed. So, cause I want them to focus on sales as much as they can. I want them to focus on getting the job signed up and going back out there with the jobs done and getting the last check and getting the referral, you know? I didn't realize that. I mean, it makes sense now that I see you guys everywhere. You've built up such a strong group of people. And you yeah. don't get to do that easily. So like, what were some of the biggest hurdles that you have experienced at in your company? Cause that had, you had to have had numerous hurdles and that's what has helped you get to this point. Yeah. I think some of the biggest hurdles, of course, one is definitely insurance companies. 
they've changed a lot since I've started business. When I started, when I started in 2018, if it was State Farm, they'd approve the roof without even getting on. They'd be like, oh yeah, this homeowner's been with us for 20 years. Here's a check. You know what I mean? Like it was like easy. You know, now they're pretty much denying everything and they're taking a lot longer to pay. Mm. Um, so that's been a huge hurdle for us is dealing with insurance companies and, and starting tomorrow, we're actually going to change our process a little bit um, with those insurance claims just because of that aspect in, in itself. Um, of course, the other biggest hurdle has been finding the right people for the right position or, or, or making sure uh, we have the right processes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, now at this point, and I encourage every business owner, no matter what they do for a living, whether it's digital, whether they own a hardware store, is to have your process mapped out of what a perfect, you know, whether it's a perfect customer or a perfect product, what it looks like. So with us, you know, it's we have it mapped out from the day a customer calls in, every single step from the day they call in to the day we close them out. Like every single step of the business, it goes through where they're at in the stages, you know, what person in our what person in our company is responsible for which stage? You know what I mean? Like they call, yeah, them, yeah. you know, inside sales are responsible for that part. You know, the marketing director is responsible for sending out a direct mailer when the job gets scheduled. So every single thing is stepped out. Um, so we just try to break it all down so everybody knows how to operate. And we've had to change a lot of those processes as we've grown and, and find out what works and what doesn't work as well. Um, right now we're changing our processes with 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 roof replacement. So like. We've had insurance claims and out-of-pocket roofs kind of in the same pipeline and they're getting built the same time period. So now we're separating it where if you're paying out of pocket, you're on a different pipeline than if you're an insurance job. So okay. if you're out of pocket, yeah. your roofs can, if you're paying out of pocket, your roofs can get built a little bit faster, you know, um, basically, because insurance companies make us wait. So we're going to go ahead and, you know, they're going to be just a little mm-hmm. bit, they'll probably be like a week or so behind the out-of-pocket roofs. They're still, you know, we're still two weeks out on all of our work. So it's not too bad. And then how did you, how are you go, are you going out and finding help to build those processes? Like, are you hiring people to build those for you? Are you just like reading books and doing your own stuff and figuring it out? Or is it a combo of the two and just through practice and failure? And yeah, it's a combination of, all, combination of all of it. What really made me want to develop our processes. I went to the conference um, in Orlando. It's called the Roofing Process Conference. And there was a, it was ran by Dimitri. And I, I actually had the privilege, privilege of speaking for him um, in April in, up in Minnesota. And, but when I went to that Orlando conference, you know, one of the guys that spoke, his name is Martin Pettigrew. And I've got, I've luckily gotten to know him and, you know, talked to him a good bit and learned from him. But he actually put his process on the presentation board. I'm like, wait, <laughs> the process looks like his company. And so I was like, man, we need to do that. And ours is a good, ours has a lot of different steps and different things. And yeah, yeah. Every million. company states different. Yeah. And he runs a $40 million company and we're running, you know, we're <laughs> more like different. a $7 million company. So it's a lot different, but we were able to use that and, and develop processes. And I've just, I've picked up and learned from other people in the industry. I always, always, always say, I like to look at not really my direct competition. But I look at leaders in the industry and see what they're doing you know, as far as their branding, the marketing and their processes. I mean, that's the key. And I think, I mean, this has happened with me with height and I was speaking to someone else who's a realtor in Northern Atlanta. And he was talking about once he started surrounding himself with older, not necessarily older people, but more experienced people than him. That's where you really learn. You can bypass some of the failures. Yeah. And then you can pick up those things quicker. And I just, 
you rise so much quicker when you're able to do that. You surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, because you got to think, I mean, they've already been through it. You know, yeah. like with like with me, for example, if I'm a, I mean, my goal right now, we're a $7 million company. We're trying to get to $10 million. A guy who's at $40 million, he's already been through all that. He's already, he's already know what the hard parts are, you know, what what can be improved mm-hmm. on, you know, and what processes you kind of need at that point. So we have, we do some, uh, we outsource training once a year. We have someone come in around February too and, and train like our sales staff and get them kind of, um, get them like pumped up and stuff ready before the spring, spring storms happen. And it, and it worked out really well. Um, he, he did good this last year, but the year prior, last year is when that tornado hit. And he came in February and it was all like on like outside sales and door knocking, door canvassing. And he trained in fe- into February and then March 26th, that tornado hit. So the whole sales team was out at like seven o'clock in the morning. And we signed up like 200 jobs in a weekend, you know. Um, so we always, we always encourage the train. And I tell other roofing company owners, like, you want to continue to train because one, you, I mean, you can ride it off, but I mean, it is a big expense to pay someone to come out and train. But yeah. It's, you know, me, me teaching and saying the same thing on every Friday, like the sales guys will listen, but they're like, <laughs> all right. but when I hear from somebody else from a different, they're like, all right, clearly Nick knows what he's talking about because this is, or even if it's something different, you know, they just, they can continue to learn. Yeah. And I think the other factor is when you, when they see you paying and putting this effort in to break, like to make them better at what they're doing. I mean, hopefully they stay with you for a long time. But that's inherently making them a better worker too. Yeah. And that gives them motivation, like, oh, Nick believes in me. We can do this. And then they that adds so much excitement. And I think that rubs off. I mean, you sound like you're killing it. And then so I'm guessing you don't work with any sort of subcontractors, no one outside. It's all just in-house sort of work, right? Yeah. So I mean, we were doing Windows and Sign for a minute. Um, so those were sub installers, of course. So we've actually gotten away from all that. That was kind of was really actually hurting our business more to help it. You know, it's, I try to teach that other contractors, they, they, you know, there's so many guys, they just try to do every single thing. Mm-hmm. And the reason we got heavy in deciding was one again, because of tornado, these homeowners had like all the stuff damage on their house and they just wanted to hire one contractor. And it was super stressful to keep up with the production of the jobs uh, with a roof replacement. Like we get, we get the homeowner signed up, we're in and out in two weeks and we're done. With, with siding, the windows, you're waiting months for the products. You know, the, the, the siding guys, you know, they make a small area, go back and fix it. Like it was just really bogging down. The profit margin wasn't there either. So we've moved away from all that and we're back just doing roof replacements, gutters, roof repairs and skylights. You know, we're a true roofing contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, our, roofing in, our roof installers, they've all been with us for about three years. So, um, because for the most part, everything's pretty much like operated in house. So what do you think makes, I mean, you're doing 7 million a year. You're working with however many people that you've mentioned. What do you think is what makes a good leader when you're in that trade roofing industry? I think, I think it takes a lot to make a good leader, but I think some of the big things is one, definitely being a leader that will, that will lead from the trenches. You know what I mean? Like that can, you know, when you when you um, delegate something, you, you you don't want to delegate it because you don't want to do it. You want to delegate it because you can't do it. But we're not. I mean, like can't like don't know how. You should also not do everything in business. But yeah. <laughs> delegate things that are you know you've gotten too busy to do. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be more time. It's going to make more sense financially to have an, 
employee do it versus you do it, right? Yeah. So educating educating your team on exactly how you operate, and how you do things, and and then being able to efficiently and delegate some some something to someone. I've seen so many owners they just throw something to their to their team and don't truly educate them on why we do it that way and what the process is and how to do it. So mm. um, I think it, to be a good leader, man, you just you just gotta wanna work as hard and hustle as hard as, as the rest of your team and and be part of the trenches with them and, and go the extra mile with them and continue to educate them and continue to raise people up and, and appreciate people. You know, and I mean someone does hard someone does something good here or or does some hard work. I mean we definitely we we spotlight them every time. Um, Monday we me and two other sales reps we drove up to Augusta and we knocked because there was a hailstorm. It's a yeah. two and a half hour drive from noon and we yeah, that's a that's a drive for you. Yeah, yeah. So we knocked we knocked doors like all day long. Um it wasn't the best the best day, of course. Um, but come Friday, tomorrow at our sales meeting, I'm giving both those guys like some gift cards to take their significant others and get like couples massages. You know, like, hey, these guys look the guesta, you know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna treat them, you know. Um, so I think that would be I think that's a big part of being a leader, is just definitely giving back to the people that that work hard and being being able to work hard with them you know i always picture that sign where it says boss and leader you know what i mean the boss yeah. at the desk and there the team's pulling it and then the leader the guys in the front they're all pulling it together man i know it's like a corny metaphor but i think it's i think you break it down in real life i mean everyday task you have an option to be a good leader so no and that, i the fact that you went out with them and now you're also giving them that couple's massage. I mean, that is going above and beyond. And again, going back to not only are you giving them trainings, but then you're also doing stuff like that has nothing really to do with work. Yeah. And I think that is incredible. And that's probably what sets you apart from everyone else and why you're growing so quickly. I mean, you're training the people you, what are some of the main values? I know you mentioned you had the code up on the wall. But when you were talking about the values and the core mission of, of Hero, what, what are those? Yeah, so there's tra- transparency, um, you know, which breaks down the honesty as well. Um, we try to have heroism, you know, with everything that we do. Basically, just being a hero in and out. I actually got, oh, we're, it's kind of funny, but we are just now like writing all of our core values and mission statement down. Okay. So like uh, the, us as a team, we've been going through and actually getting it all on paper because everybody, you know, one guy's like transparency, the other guy's like, oh, let's use honesty. Like, it's the same thing, you know, but transparency is a huge, huge part of it. And then of course, growth, you know, growth is real big with us is, you know, we want, and when I mean by growth, we don't just mean company size, but we mean personal growth. You know, we yeah, want yeah, guys yeah. that, you know, we do book challenges, you know, I, I challenge <laughs> guys to read books right now, the challenges are reading relentless. Um, you know, because and then, you know, I've had a couple guys read it and afterwards. I'm like, what do you think you are? You're, have you read Relentless before? No. Which okay, one is so it? It's called Relentless. It's um, I think Tim Grover. He was uh, good to great unstoppable. Yeah, he was Michael Jordan's basketball coach. So he talks about differences between like a cooler, a cleaner. And uh, there's one more. But, you know, uh, a cleaner is a guy that just does his stuff every day, no matter what, no matter who's watching. They go the extra mile um, because that's what's like they expected themselves. So like I had Brandon Bower read the book and I asked him afterwards, I was like, so which one do you think you, you are? And he's like, I think I'm a cleaner. I'm like, you hundred percent, you are a cleaner. So it's good to have, you know, challenge someone to read a book and then, and then also make sure they're, they're, uh, you know, 
applying that and actually like learning from it and, and, and then at the same time seeing what they are you know what i mean like because that book that's a good book that actually does go through and break down what different people mm. are and it's, it's good to recognize who you are as a person as well you know um not everybody is a self-awareness yeah self-awareness is huge with us so but like i mean so our, our mission is to basically just be a hero in our community day in and day out as much as we can um and to be basically the best contractor in the state of Georgia. So, and eventually in the Southeast. And then our vision, of course, is, is, is we just want the hero name to, to grow and become a household name in the state. And the people that continue to see us. And when I do see us, know that we don't, we don't want roofing to look like it's expensive. And we don't want people to think that we're just in this industry to make a profit. Because um, we're not. I mean, we're really in the industry to help them to better the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think at no point you're going to, I'm trying to see if I have this book quickly available over here. Um, it's called, I'm in the process of reading this myself. It's called Traction. Yeah, that's, we, uh, they, they mentioned that book when we, re- we went to Utah for uh, sale, the door-to-door sales conference. Yeah. And they mentioned that. Have you started reading it? It's on my to-do list. So the only reason why I'm asking is because in this, they talk about when you're doing your vision, your mission, all that stuff, what you're going through now. They talk about getting everyone in your company in a room to do that with you. Normally, you'd only have like the C-suite people, like the top three people doing that. But they're talking about you get everyone in there and you kind of what you're talking about. What what are our values? What words are we going to put up on the list? And they talk about that process. So it sounds very similar to what you're doing. And yeah. That's why I wanted to see if you had read this before too, because it lined yeah, up just, pretty well. I just try to, and I think it goes back to the leadership. I just try to incorporate everybody when we make decisions in business, you know, because a lot of business owners think, well, it's my business, but the people that clock in every day, they really care about what goes on. They want to have their, their input is just as valid as ours. You know, some of the best hires, like I said, some of the best hires that we've made haven't came from me. Some of the best processes haven't came from me. Alicia, she's our general manager. Like I hired her as a, as a uh, office assistant like a year and a half ago. Yeah. She's just a straight machine. Like I, 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 my opinion, she's probably one of the best females in the roofing industry. Uh, she's extremely organized. She works very hard and she's improved a lot of the things of how we do stuff. And when I hired her at that time, uh, we had 85 people apply for a position. And her resume, she was a manager at a movie theater for about four years. So she had a very consistent workflow, but she went to school with my, my wife. That's, okay. what main, that's like the main reason I was like, all right, we'll, we'll interview her and get to know her. Um, and she's just straight killed it. And, you know, she's brought on a lot of process, a lot of, a lot of things, and she's improved our business. And, and so she's one of the many people that, that shows that we need to be, we need to just, we need to input everybody's yeah what, what they think about stuff that's amazing well thank you i know we're kind of running out of time here but thank you so much for your time today i mean i'm glad that we were able to finally to talk about this i mean yeah, I, yeah. It, well, I, again i see you guys all over the place and then when i met david he always talked about you and how you were helping him out uh with his company and i mean i learned a lot from you too so i mean i think this is awesome and yeah. so if someone wanted to reach out to you, find Tierra Roofing, reach out to you, Nick, where would you want them to go? 
Yeah, so I'm pretty easy to find on Facebook, of course. Um, first name Nick, last name Brandon, B-R-A-N-O-N. Also, I'm on, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. Hero Roofing, if you Google it, it'll bring up our website. Um, and then we got we also got a Facebook and Instagram and a TikTok. Of course, now I think we, we got Twitter as well. Um, so we, we pretty much got everything going. We're, we're pretty easy to find. Well, thank you, Nick. Yeah, definitely.